This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Once again, just as we drew it up, as we all predicted, Georgia comes out with a big win over Missouri on the road in the SEC 26-22. But uh, we're all going to be honest here. This is not how anyone thought this would go down. Another game where Georgia played down to its opponent. And I don't think Kirby Smart can come out of this one being very happy about his team's performance. Last week against Kent State, he said, you know, you needed a game like this. This game, Georgia did not need. Uh, They were in real danger of losing this game. And once again, they found themselves in trouble because of turnovers. Stetson Bennett with a fumble obviously uh, hurt Georgia and then Kendall Milton early in the game. Uh, That turnover really set the tone for what was going to be a long battle against a team. Georgia was favored by almost 30 points, even on the road. This was a team that was not considered one of the better teams in the SEC, and Georgia had to scratch and claw their way to a win with way too many field goals in a game against a inferior opponent on both sides of the football. But on the plus side, they did overcome a 10 point deficit in the second half for the first time in gosh, almost five years. It was uh, the Rose bowl against uh, I think Oklahoma, the last time Georgia overcame 10 points in the second half to win. So that is a, a feather in Georgia's cap. They have overcome adversity once again, but uh, as you all know, this is not a game where Georgia should have had that kind of adversity. I think not even the turnovers. Georgia's secondary got burned in the passing game uh, against Brady Cook. The the wide receivers out there, Dominic Lovett, Mookie Cooper, made big plays against Kamari Laster and Keely Ringo. The, uh, they did not do a good job of timing their contact with the receiver turning around for the ball that is something they definitely have to address and georgia even offensively the offensive line struggled in this game uh, to open up holes in the run game and multiple penalties as well for georgia in this game this is was a sloppy sloppy performance and honestly one of the worst performances by georgia's offensive line in Kirby Smart's tenure, possibly since the Nickel State game. And I brought up the Nickel State game in the last podcast. That is not something you want to be bringing up back-to-back games for Georgia, for Kirby Smart uh, at this point in his tenure at Georgia. That is something that definitely needs to be fixed before they play much better teams than Missouri later this year. I think, if you again, if you look at the guard play, and but even – at the tackle position, I right tackle the issues in this game. Uh, Georgia really struggled to be able to move Missouri, their defensive line. And at the same time, Georgia's defensive line also struggled to, to penetrate until the very end of this game. 
Obviously, losing Jalen Carter to a very questionable block, it was a big blow to Georgia, but they didn't have him uh, much this year to begin with. That, that, that's not really an excuse for Georgia at the, this point. You have to really give it to Missouri. They came out with an excellent game plan. They knew Georgia was a team that was attacking the perimeter in the quick strike game, and they played to take that away. And so Georgia didn't have that look available to them. So they had to alter their own offensive game plan, and they struggled with an aspect. And I think at this point in the season, through five games, you have to take a look at this offensive line and that run game and ask yourself, is Georgia going to be a zone-blocking team, or are they going to try to man up and win one-on-one battles, uh, You know, man-on-man, blocker-on-blocker? They do not know what kind of scheme they want to run in this uh, rushing attack. I think that is something that uh, there's an identity issue for Georgia on their offensive line and their blocking scheme because they run both kinds of plays, and it seems like that is hurting them in this aspect. But right now, I think you know you got to keep your cap to this Georgia team as far as handling the adversity, coming alive in the second half, and waking up and and playing pretty good football in that second half. They found a way to win. Uh, on a, a night where they nearly handed it to Missouri team. I, I think, again, you look at that fourth quarter. They averaged over 8.4 yards per play on those first two drives. They scored two touchdowns. Uh, they figured out how to get in the end zone in, in a game that looked like a field goal battle after three quarters. I mean, this is a team that scored 46 first quarter points in its first four games. They had scored at least once one touchdown in each of those first four games in that first quarter. They didn't get in the end zone until less than 10 minutes to go in the game. And that could still cut the lead to 22-19. This offense had scored 13 touchdowns in the first half in this game. They had averaged 42 over 42 points in the game as well coming in this game. But then they were trailing for the first time this year. So uh, credit again to that Missouri team. They had the right game plan here. Uh, they, They limited Georgia to less than 50 yards in the first quarter. And I think if you if you really look at uh, this game, you go back and look at the film, obviously the turnovers hurt. Like I said, the biggest play in that first half for Georgia was a, you know, a 35 yard run by Kendall Milton, which ended up with him fumbling the ball. Georgia punted three times. They had a couple of three and outs in the first quarter as one as well. Only had one first down. It looked really Again, doom and gloom for George in this game. Lab McConkey dropped the pass across the middle, ended another drive. Stetson Bennett was 10 of 24 in the first half. They did not target Brock Bowers until 11 minutes left in the second quarter. Did not target Darnell Washington in the red zone. These are issues Georgia is going to have to look in the mirror and say, are we going to fix this? You could not get in the red zone and not utilize those tight ends any longer. You got away with that last year for the most part with Darnell Washington. You cannot do that anymore. Those are your best playmakers. As, until you have A.D. Mitchell and a healthy Arian Smith out there, you do not have the playmakers at wide receiver to where you can get away with not targeting players named Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington. So, again, uh, they, got a, they got lucky with one tonight. Uh, way too many field goal uh, attempts. So, outstanding field goal battle between uh, Georgia and Missouri. And like I said, you you credit Missouri's uh, kicker out there, uh, Harrison Mavis. uh, I think we're on the same diet plan. Credit to you, buddy. You did an outstanding job 
five for five field goals. That 56 yarder was outstanding. Uh, Jack Pavesny, again, four for four as well. But this was not a game where you should have been relying on your kicker at all. And Georgia will go back to the drawing board and prepare for Auburn next week. They get away with one this time, but they will not get away with this effort again against other opponents this week. We're going to talk about this game all next week. But for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Kip Adams. You guys take it easy. Go Braves.